Welcome to Courage and Spice, the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick and this is episode number 59, Coaching Curious. Hello everyone, just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all of you who have emailed and messaged to share your experience of using the Belief Buster. I'm really thrilled that this helped so many of you to just slow down a little and unpack those unhealthy, unhelpful, unhealed beliefs. And for anyone who's wondering what the heck I'm on about, please do go check out the last episode, number 58, called Busting Unhealthy Beliefs. I take you through a core process that I use in many of my coaching programs, and it's specifically designed as a tool you can take away and use yourself to make sense of the protective beliefs that underpin your self-doubt. Now, I wanted to kind of expand on this a little more in today's episode, because I know that down to the emails and messages you all send me, that if you're listening to this podcast, you're pretty interested in your own development as a human, and you tend to be quite self-reflective, which is one of the best things I believe anyone can be. And many of you are also coaches and therapists yourselves. So I work with a lot of colleagues to help set up your sustainable practice that's values-led and needs-based. And much of this work is about navigating the inevitable self-doubt that crops up when we embark on putting our work into the world. So that's the audience that are listening to this podcast with you. Um, Most of you are either self-reflective humans or fellow coaches and therapists. But you're more likely than the average bear to seek out coaching support. And I thought it would be kind of helpful to make an episode that's designed to support you to make good choices if you are coaching curious, to understand a bit more about the value of coaching and particularly how to get the most from a coaching experience. So I wanted to share some of the lessons I've gathered after almost a decade of uh, working as a coach and being involved in coach training, the coaching industry, coaching research, um, and just to help support you if you are, in fact, coaching curious. So the first thing to, to really know and to really understand is that the coaching industry is completely unregulated internationally. So it doesn't matter where on earth you seek out a coach, there are no standards required for training, for good practice, for ongoing supervision, or even development for the coach. Literally anyone can decide they're a coach, whack up a sign, claim some expertise, and charge people for their time. Even if you've never been coached before, you can just create an offer and call yourself a coach. And, you know, this is problematic, no doubt. I I suspect that for most of us who have spent a lot of time kind of figuring this stuff out, it's just really frustrating. But equally, therapists go through an exhaustive process to qualify and be registered and to reach quite robust standards on an ongoing basis. Every therapist is required to have supervision, which means working with an experienced mentor-like figure who assesses and supports their client work. And even with these standards, this level of scrutiny and support, there are, of course, less than stellar practitioners out there. Honestly, I think that having a call with someone where you talk about your life for an hour 
can be super helpful, regardless of how many badges they have. I mean, that's why we have friends, right? Just having someone you can talk to, the space to give voice to all of the confusing stuff in your mind, to make sense of experiences. Just speaking with another human can be amazing for hearing yourself talk about what's going on in your life. It can be so helpful for just shining a light on something that feels a bit murky. But of course, when you're talking to a friend, they usually have a vested interest in you or in the outcome. They're involved in your life. And if you are paying someone, you want more than just a sympathetic ear. You want more than that person's experience. You want more than advice. So this is not in any way a downer on coaches or to suggest that until you're trained and qualified, there should be no helping of humans. I've actually found that most of the really excellent coaches I know are the kinds of people that have been sought out their whole lives to support others. I know I spent almost two decades working with engineers and technologists and scientists and way too many alpha male types, and they would often say, hey, can I take you out for a coffee or a wine or a whiskey to chat about work? And eventually they reveal that they're going through a divorce or their kid has just been diagnosed or they're experiencing the effects of drinking away what's probably undiagnosed depression. Now, I loved those very human conversations. In a sometimes dehumanizing environment, it felt deeply flattering to be singled out as a trusted shoulder to often literally cry on. But there is no doubt to me now that I was way out of my depth, clearly from the fact that most of these conversations took place in a loud bar. I had no idea what it meant to hold space for someone else's emotions. At the time, I was barely on speaking terms with my own. And honestly, my main aim was to fix these wounded soldiers so I could feel good about myself. Now, coach training helped me to take a lot of what I suspect might be innate qualities, certainly personal values, and develop a whole other level of skill and understanding. That training helped me to go from sort of understanding the concept of ping pong to being able to play it with a shiny red paddle. And over the years, I've explored many different modalities of coaching and therapy. I've been fascinated by what it means to support someone to go from okay to great. What it means to help someone make lasting change in their beliefs and their behavior. And in my case specifically, to help people transcend self-doubt and access their true nature underneath. I've trained extensively. I've spent hundreds of hours coaching people. I've read and critiqued and been graded on my understanding and interpretation of thousands of research studies around coaching. So I feel like I'm in a good spot to help you make some good choices if you are coaching curious. Now, I want to share with you three key concepts just to be aware of if you are considering working with a coach. And I just think these are great sort of pillars to, to kind of hang, hang on to as you wander through the process of finding the person that you want to work with. So the first is that coaching is a transformational learning experience. This means that you, as the coaching client, can expect some sort of transformation during the coaching relationship. 
So in your sessions, it's not just about knowing new ideas that might help you change your situation. It's about identifying and understanding root causes of your specific situation and even further being able to apply new ways of being and doing to change the outcomes in your life. Right, so in a transformational learning experience, you really meet yourself. And this is sometimes called being on your developmental or your growth edge. And it is edgy, right? The outcome is unknown because you as the client have never tried these new ways of experiencing yourself. But it's super fun because you get to see your potential expanding and you have a witness, an advisor, a trusted uh, person in your corner as you go through this. I have to say, as a coach, it's a rare privilege to walk with someone on their edge. And there are obviously skills required to help someone find their edge and, and kind of stay there and see what happens while they, while they walk it. I think particularly the first two years post-training, for most coaches and therapists, they kind of live on the edge. And this is because as we learn how to work with clients, we have to walk through our own stuff. It's really bloody vulnerable and humbling. But it also means that by the time we have a warm, breathing, lovely human in front of us, we're pretty much prepared to walk with you into any room you need to go into. So coaching is a transformational learning experience. Now, the second key aspect of working with a coach is the gift of perspective, right? So having someone who can not just hold your story, but see the patterns of your collective stories, who can offer challenge from a place of deep compassion, who can show you different ways to see aspects of your life, that is a freaking gift, right? That's why great coaches always have great coaches because we all have our shadows and blind spots. We all interpret our own reality as if it was fact and we report it like it's the news, right? We get caught up in our own protective beliefs because they feel so real. So for someone to help you see another way, it's like being offered a shortcut to adulthood. And when you get the gift of being able to see something differently, like really get it, your beliefs, your emotions, your behavior, all of it can shift dramatically and fast, right? And this is where a well-intentioned human with no training is probably going to fall short for you because for someone reading all the self-help books and understanding their own experiences, even if they have been extensively coached or therapized themselves, it's very different from being able to help someone else, you, get to the root cause of why you can't seem to make a change in your beliefs or behavior. And I think this is probably especially apparent when it's in some kind of business coaching. And that's probably because according to the International Coach Federation, this is the kind of person that tends to invest the least in formal coach training. So practitioners in business coaching are more likely to have no training than anyone else. It's not a general rule, but it's something to be aware of. 
So the way that this can kind of play out is, uh, say you are um, looking for someone to help you with your marketing strategy and you start working with a marketing coach and they've had no formal training, but they have a process that you're excited about. Now, if that coach is sharing information that's limited to their reading or the process that has worked for them or some of their other clients, coupled with no formal coach training, they are just way less likely to be able to support you if somehow you aren't able to follow their foolproof plan. It's usually a foolproof plan, right? And what tends to happen is that then it becomes your fault, right? It's all down to you. You've had these inconvenient feelings that didn't fit into that coach's program about marketing. And so you blame yourself. That coach doesn't have the ability to uh, understand a wider perspective on why you might not have been able to, you know, suddenly embrace marketing. Who knew? Um, So now you end up out of pocket. You have no marketing strategy and a completely understandable bad taste in your mouth about coaching. And this is far more likely to happen when you're working in a group and it's compounded when there is very little coaching as opposed to teaching by the practitioner, right? And I really honestly don't think any of us know the true statistics of people who drop out of coaching programs because they aren't being helped. But we know the completion rates of these big generalized coaching programs are really quite dire, you know, and this makes total sense because often these programs are set up to serve the coach, right? There's usually so many people, enormous Facebook groups. It's super easy to get lost and there's very little personal attention specific to you. So it's almost impossible for you to make any kind of transformation in this kind of context. So really think about what is the kind of context that you need to have a transformational learning experience? I would say that it's one where you get some specific attention around offering you particular new perspectives, right? That allows you and supports you to change how you see yourself and your own capability. Now, the third piece of um, experience in coaching that I think comes totally with training and experience is presence. Now, this is the old chestnut of having space held for you as a client. And the term holding space has been bastardized to within an inch of its life. And I think that's mostly because people want to participate in this because it sounds so good, right? But many of us don't really understand what it means. So what I know about holding space is that it's about being able to be truly present with someone without judgment. And I know that sounds pretty simple because I imagine everyone listening is super amazing at never judging anyone negatively, right? But it is kind of simplistic. Holding space means not judging a client negatively or positively. It means not agreeing with their story, their worldview, nor disagreeing with them. Now, this is not a natural aspect of relating to another person, just to compassionately witness someone without judgment. But as a coach, as a therapist, our opinion is simply irrelevant. What matters is that for you as the client, you have the space to be 
messy and inconsistent and incoherent and confused and pissed off and you have someone right there with you, fully present to you in the moment. I think it's the healthiest way to coach from that open, compassionate kind of baseline. It means that we as the coach, we're not just listening to what you say, the words you use, the tone, it's what you are not saying, what's in the gaps between the words. Because we're all pretty practiced at putting our game face on. I know how much I wanted to be a good client. I'm super aware of that tension. And while all of that is going on for you as the client, the coach needs to be so aware of their own beliefs and bias and behaviors and shadows. And they need to be able to breathe with all of that, to notice when they feel disturbed by something that's theirs, right? They're paying attention to what they're intuiting from from what you're saying as the client and just holding all of it lightly. So presence, holding space, it's a rich old bag of chips. But I think that we can only practice this by being present, right? And to be challenged in that as practitioners. And that only really happens in specialist training. One of the training uh, companies that I worked with was the Coaches Training Institute, really well-established, well-respected coach training program. And we had this process called the fishbowl, where around about 20 coaches would sit in a circle and we would, as the coaches in training, coach each other in front of the whole group, in front of the two leaders. It was horrific and wonderful. It was like improv. And you do that for six months and you learn so much about what it really means to hold space. So offering that presence means Believing wholeheartedly in you as the client. And a great coach will hold space without any judgment, positive or negative, without projecting their beliefs. They know there is no such thing as a difficult client. There are only clients in difficulty. So you get to show up exactly how you are and we figure it out together. And you can trust that a good coach who is practiced in holding space is also going to know how to hold space for themselves, to take care of their own growth and their tender blind spots so they can show up fully for you. I think this is one of the most powerful places to be as a coach, that ability to really hear someone, to really see someone is incredible. But coaching with that deep presence requires trust and safety and openness. It's a pretty wonderful thing to meet the real you. And the coach that can show up with healthy boundaries, be emotionally clean. It's this incredible gift then when clients start to drop any pretense. And it's this very felt thing of, ah, there you are. And I think this is one of the hardest things for people to learn how to do. And it's the thing that makes for really powerful transformational coaching. It's the thing we can only learn by doing and through training with experts through experience. And what tends to happen when you're working with an untrained or unsupervised coach is that you end up experiencing some sort of tension, some conflict, where there is a well-meaning person in the hole with you. So you're telling your story and they get in there with you and you get this overexpression of empathy, 
but no perspective, no ability to help you, no ability to show you how you can get out of the hole. Or conversely, your emotional experience is kind of dismissed, right? Your lack of ability to be visible in your business is something you need to get over or power through, right? And in the business world of coaching, it's often alluded to that it's kind of your fault because you don't want it enough. You've got to always be hustling. Right, so three things to expect or be interested in experiencing from your coach, if you are coaching curious, um, is transformational learning to feel a bit on the edge, different perspectives that will challenge you and grow you, and to be held to experience real presence with a trusted human. So how do you get access to all of that? Sounds good, right? <laughs> well, I come up, I've come up with five things that I think would really help you to be discerning about as a prospective client, right? Five things to just consider as you go through the process of finding someone you want to work with, right? So the first is to be intentional about what you want, right? Coaching should offer you a transformational learning experience, you know, that is valuable to you. So think about what matters to you. If you were going to get some support for some aspect in your life that you either want to change or you want to grow or you want to be different, get really clear about what that is and why it matters to you. And the second thing is to look for a specialist, right? So just consider this, who would you rather work with? Someone who coaches women or someone who coaches women in midlife who have lost touch with who they are. By the way, I know an excellent coach who can help you. <laughs> More coming soon on that. But if you look for a coach who has a particular specialism, what I call their flavor of coaching, they are going to have created a coaching package with you in mind. Thirdly, honor your hesitations. Right? It might be that you're just not used to investing in yourself. You might feel like you don't have the time or this isn't the right time. You might worry about being vulnerable. You might question if you have something worth coaching about. You might worry about the price of coaching. So share these hesitations with your coach. And how do you find a coach? Well, that comes to number four, interview, shop around, talk to a few people, ask good questions. Right, give them a little bit of detail about what you want help with and let them share what they would offer, how they could help. Notice how you feel in that person's presence. Right, consider how bold and how vulnerable you could be in conversations with this person. And do feel free to ask them about their ongoing personal development. Ask them how they came to be a specialist in this particular area. And I would say just be aware of anyone who tries to coach you within about five minutes of meeting you. And you'll feel that. You'll know that that's happening. And the reason to be aware of it is just because there's no agreement for that yet. Okay, so just allow yourself to have a human conversation. And lastly, trust yourself. Right, choose a coach you feel a connection with. Let that chemistry be a good sign that you're onto something. Look for a thought-provoking, stimulating, insightful conversation partner. Choose someone you respect who has your well-being and success and not their own ego as the primary focus. Just trust your judgment. 
Now, I know this can sound a bit like a minefield, so I wanted to support you to choose good people. Um, Each year, I work with a group of coaches and therapists to help them set up their practice in a really soulful and sustainable way. And this six-month program is called the Fire Monkeys Mentoring Group, and I get to work with the best people, highly trained, skilled practitioners who just need some help to walk through their self-doubt and get their work in the world. Lots of folks from the 2019 class have kindly shared their details with me to pass on to you. So if you are looking for an excellent coach, there is a downloadable in the show notes just for you. And that would be a great start point to look for your coach. I also want to add, I think coaching is such a brilliant experience. As a client, I adore being coached. And look, I'm a total control freak who overthinks everything. My fear was always that I won't be interesting enough as a client. And then I worked with someone who gave me full permission to be ordinary. And I can't even tell you what a difference that one invitation continues to make to me. And this is the thing. The hard part is finding the right person to work with. But once you've done that, you can just surrender to the process. You get to be witnessed, to be helped. It makes all the difference. I think it is something that everyone should invest in. And I know that's not always possible, but we need each other, right? We are, as Ram Dass, one of my favorite, favorite writers on human development talks about, we are all just walking each other home. And this is a fantastic experience to experience that for yourself. So go ask for help, relax your need to know the answer, stay curious, let conversations guide you. I'm really excited to uh, partner you up with some of the best coaches I know. I think you're going to, uh, it's going to make such a difference to your life. Okay, everyone, if you're enjoying this series of Courage and Spice, I'd be super grateful if you would rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Just open Courage and Spice in the fancy new podcast app, scroll down to ratings and reviews. You can just tap to offer a rating or spend a few moments and write a review. This helps everyone else to find the podcast and I am super grateful to everyone who has um, who's left a review. We've got over 100 there at the moment, which is wonderful. Thanks so much and I will see you all next week.